So what's up, HVAC crew? Welcome back to another episode of HVAC R&D with Ryan and Dennis. Got another guest on this week. Someone that we've uh, enjoyed a couple of different conversations back and forth, but haven't had a chance to have them, uh, I won't say in the flesh. I guess this would be in the voice. How do you say that? He's audibly present. Is that the right way to say that? There you go. That'll work. Here we go. That sounds high fluting enough for a podcast at 945 at night. Um, so anyway, sit back, relax, pop a top, or uh, pour a few fingers in a glass and sit back and enjoy a little bit of time with your boys. So uh, let's get it going. Yeah, come on. promo guy. Alright, shameless self-plug. <laughs> so welcome back again, everybody. Don't you just love that intro music? Gets me every time. Yep. Especially that that good old unit shut off. I did see a guy, uh, Dennis, that commented that he was he was coming over uh, to one of your reels the other day, so you better watch out. Uh, be careful posting anything live if you're cooking on the old pellet grill, you might get company. Oh, maybe you can come over here and fix this Goodman I got out back. There it is. The old <laughs> rattle box. <laughs> uh, I'll put something in there to quiet that thing down, but then we wouldn't have as good of uh, intro music. Are you gargling rocks back there? Oh, no, that's just the unit. Jeez. Um, so, uh, if you notice, the... Uh, Old Hattie, the HVAC R&D hat, has been uh, traveling around the last few weeks. Um, we're starting to run out. We're getting closer and closer to a reorder. Or we might just have to do another big giveaway. I don't know. Uh, our guest on the show this week is is doing a giveaway. We were talking about that for a few minutes in the old uh, pretend online green room before the show started. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, giveaways are... Are a bit more of a bear than you would think, but it's also really fun to, to watch all the interaction and all the uh, crazy interaction that makes no sense. Right. But hey, you know, that's how it works. Tag everybody. Go. <laughs> um, anyway, also make sure uh, take advantage of the Riding 36 discount code this week. Uh, happy 36th birthday to me this past week. Um, 9% off, free shipping. Get it while you can. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn as I continue to spam all of your pages as I catch up with old episode graphics. 
Also follow us on Facebook at HVACRANDDD. That was really weird to say, but that's how it works. And also you can always find our link tree in the bio of our Instagram if you need any other information. Also, if we're ever doing any other partnerships, if I forget to say something in the show, which happens all the time, um, make sure to check our link tree because you can get all the different information in the bio, whether it be for EGIA, guys at Solder Weld, or HVAC Tactical. Make sure to go register for the Tactical Awards. I hear the show starting to get full. Maybe it's going to get even bigger. So go check that out. And uh, all right, I think that uh, concludes it for the shameless self-promo portion of the show. Um, D, you're up. Jeez, you crushed it, buddy. Good job. All right, so like Ryden said, we got a guest on tonight. A um, little bit different for us. This guy here, uh, he's in another side of the trade that I got no clue about, which is awesome for me. I'm going to pick his brain a little bit. Um, I love having guys you know, from the trades on here that especially this guy that's uh, kind of dabbling in uh, a little part of the industry that's nobody really wants to think about, talk about, um, but you got to have it. So uh, without further ado, let's bring on Pat with Commercial Kitchen Chronicles. I know you know I see you smiling at me. What's going on, man? How are you? What's up? Just sitting here hanging out, trying That's to right. trying to recover from a long weekend. It was a long uh, weekend. You know what they say, the best way to fix that? You got to so, start drinking again. I've been trying it. It was a long day yesterday. Uh, I've made poor decisions and paid for it all day today. So. <laughs> yeah, It happens. It happens. Happens to the best of us. Uh, I got on a sweet tea and Tito's kick, and then I think I even had some peach crown mixed in the, the bunch there. So, all right, hang on, back up a minute there. Sweet tea and Tito's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, explain that one. <laughs> That's a new one for me. Just oh, it's gonna be a bunch of new stuff tonight. I just mixed some sweet tea up and just uh, put a couple shots of Tito's in each one and have at it. <laughs> I, uh, oh, okay. I can do not, that. I mean, now, now sure? wasn't there... There was like a... Wasn't it Firefly Sweet Tea Vodka? Mm, might have been. Pretty sure I, there was like a Sweet Tea flavored vodka at some point. Oh, uh, yeah. They've all put out something like that. But <laughs> I grew up dirt poor, so I used to always... When I was younger, I just always cheap vodka and sweet tea because the tea was cheap and the vodka was cheaper, I think. Oh, yeah. I grew up... Man, you could bake a ton of sweet tea for nothing. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was always cool. sweet tea and some kind of uh, was it tang or whatever other powder drink it was tang. <laughs> uh, yeah, surprise you're it's in like, Atlanta, Dennis. Didn't you have purple drink? Purple drink, oh, yeah, grape drink, <laughs> cherry drink. <laughs> oh, that's bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, I was, I, don't, I didn't say Kool Aid, it was that's uh, true. that's true. A high end was like uh, what's the lemonade company? Um, Country time. Country, Country time. time. Yeah. We got some of that in the pantry now. My kids crush that. Um, yeah, you can't beat that. Pour it in there, stir it up, stick it in the fridge, man. 
Always thought about Country Time for Lemonade and Maxwell House for Coffee. Thanks, NASCAR. (laughs) (laughs) You're in NASCAR country, that's right. Yep. So where are you at? I don't even know where you're at. I live in a little town called Frankton, Indiana. I'm about uh, 40 miles north east of Indianapolis. Um, Okay. It's a it's just a little bit small farm town. I used to live in Anderson. It's a little bigger town, but nope, just a little bit farm town. It's like fifteen hundred people. Uh, I moved out here so my kids could go to a small school, and uh, they opened it up to public, and it became overrun, overran. <laughs> so yeah, I really wasn't a right. small school anymore. But you know, they had fun. It's 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 cool living in a little town. I mean, you got to drive thirty minutes to the grocery store, but I don't have to worry about a whole lot of stuff. I know all about that, brother. So, well, we'll get into this later as far as you driving, how far you got to go for work. But before we can get going any further, we got to get into what we're drinking. I know we're all getting over a long weekend, but <laughs> Pat, so, you're first. <laughs> you're up. All right. Let's see. Oh. Yeah, uh, I'm going to stick with the Cayman Jack tonight. So I'm a huge margarita fan, and these uh, work out pretty well for me. Are they margaritas in a can? Yep, the Cayman Jack. They make them in bottles, but I always buy like the 12-pack of cans. And uh, they're just small cans, but they work out pretty well. They're pretty good. If you can't tell, I got a theme of a lot of sugar in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, our, we had uh, Rachel was doing a, uh, she was doing what, oh, vodka yeah, soda in the, a can? The, the Nan, Nantucket. Nan, Nantucket. Something. Yeah, it was, uh, those are, those are something with, it was a vodka cranberry. Vodka cranberry. Yes. Nice, nice. She was a hoot, though. I could, I could listen to her accent and see how mine sounds kind of like that all day. I stumbled onto you guys kind of late. I mean, within the last three or four months, and I try to catch up on all your stuff, man. And I, I enjoy you guys' stuff, man. It's pretty good. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's weird when you find a, you know, I'm a big golf guy, so I found foreplay, and I have not went, I mean, they've been out for five years. It's weird how everybody's little world, you know, you're huge in your own little world, right? So, mm-hmm. Um, I stumbled across them and I was like, God, this is the best golf podcast ever. And it's like, damn, episode 500. Like, how the hell am I supposed to catch up to this? Like, yeah. Um, and you just can't, right? You go back a few and kind of pick up where, you know, yeah, you, go back you don't miss any of the inside stuff, I guess, jokes and crap. You look for the episodes of people that you know or you want to hear about. So you go back to those and then, yeah, right? That's what happens. So, I am, you know, I scrolled back through some Instagram where you and Ryden were chatting on there, and I seen some bourbon come up on there. <laughs> so, I went ahead and opened up the bottle that Ryden gave me for my birthday. Oh, was it my birthday? Yes. No. No. Just for my new job. On your new job, sir. I'm already trying to get older. Um, yeah, the Calumet Farms Kentucky bourbon. So, nice. it's two bourbons in a row on the shows here. I had to do bourbon with Ryan's dad. Um, Uh-oh. So. I, I enjoy the bourbon as well. Um, generally, I'll, if I'm, I mean, 
Weekends, if I'm doing dumb stuff, I drink more. But if I'm just coming home from work and I want to smoke a cigar out in the barn and smoke, I'll smoke a nice cigar and I'll have a couple fingers of bourbon and ice and yep. just more habits I picked up that I probably shouldn't. But hey, gotta have fun. Yeah, like like holiday weekend. I don't I don't know. I don't get a taste for bourbon, right? But I'm drinking Mick Ultra or I'm at the pool drinking Trulies or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, there's it's it's starting to become a little bit cooler, and I start craving some bourbon. Just the light beers have to take a back seat in the wintertime for whatever reason. That bourbon just warms you up from the inside, man. Right? <laughs> yeah, beer does. can't do that. <laughs> no, not even hitchhikers. Although they are delightful. <laughs> All right, what you got, Ryan? You hadn't brought oh, anything nope. weird to the show lately, so. uh Back to our bourbon conversation. Um, I threw it up on the old Instagram a little bit before we started, but uh, I brought my Roadstock Rye Whistle Pig onto the show after mm. Pat and I were talking about Whistle Pig the other day. <laughs> nice. And when that runs yeah. out, I've got a couple hitchhikers in the cooler <laughs> to uh, finish it out. Riding tailgates when we do these. Hey, this he's like, tailgating. Hey, man, it's like a highlight of my week. <laughs> okay so we got a lot to get into with pat here but give us a breakdown of what you do what you've been working on how'd you get into this however you want to start and it's and it is also interesting as i jump into that question to see just kind of your breadth of what all you work on yeah, that, that'll be a, yeah that'll be a long subject um <laughs> That's a, right i mean I started well, what'd you get into first? Yeah, let's. Well, I started off in high school. I took um, vocational school for electrical. So we wired a house each year. The vocational school built a house and then they gave it, a, I don't know if they gave it away or sold it for a low price. But so I did that for two years. Um, so we did the houses, but we also did like electrical maintenance on the school. So I'd be in a classroom that have kids in there and I'm changing a 277 volt ballast while it's live and they're trying to teach class and I'm in there blowing up strippers <laughs> and shocking myself and everything else. And I did that for three years and I came out and I went, I went, uh, union, went to a union shop for, uh, a while and I didn't, I joined the wrong time. So I hadn't started class yet. And then, uh, nine 11 happened and the market kind of tanked. And so the construction industry kind of fell off there pretty, pretty hard. And I hadn't started yeah. class. So I kind of got let go. Um, cause I, you know, they didn't have any money in me, so they didn't need me around. I mean, no hard feelings against the union or anything, but it's just, it's how it works. And I understood right. that. So I went non-union for six years. Um, I wired anything from CVS, uh, CVS to apartments to houses. I mean, just bounce around, but I got stuck on apartments for like three years and it was the same thing over and over and over and it just kind of burned me out. So my dad, he had done HVAC, done refrigeration and he worked for a company that did what I do now. And they got bought out by a, a huge conglomerate and he was working for a family shop. You know, they treated their employees great, you know, and he wanted a part of, you know, being bought out. He was older. So he right. told me he was going to retire and he got me on. So when he retired, I took his spot in his territory. So I worked for that company for uh, about three years and I was just doing hot side. So I was doing a lot of McDonald's schools, hospitals, nursing homes. I just did hot side. So I was just doing fryers, ovens, grills, um, microwaves, 
all that kind of stuff. And it was fun. It was cool. But I got to the point where I was wanting to do more because I was getting bored. My ADHD kicks in and I get bored. It's never good. Um, so I was like, hey, I want to do refrigeration. And they didn't want to train me for refrigeration. So I talked to a buddy of mine that worked for HVACR company. And they were getting in some restaurant stuff. And he was a guy. And they're like, hey, we'll, we'll train you refrigeration. I was like, okay, how much you going to pay me? And it was like significantly more than I was making where I was at. I was like, shoot, okay. So I jumped ship and I went there and their, um, their idea of training me for refrigeration was uh, the stuff on your van, figure it out. Here's your van. Yeah. So <laughs> I was going to say it. <laughs> yeah. So luckily I had a good support staff between my dad and some of his friends, some of my friends that helped me out. And that's when the internet really started getting big. So I just, I'd read everything I can. I'd Google anything I can. And I just kind of self-taught myself refrigeration. So I bounced around for a couple of years to a couple of smaller shops. I had some issues with uh, sleep apnea. So I like to fall asleep when I was driving and hit things. Jeez. So, yeah, I worked for uh, two places. <laughs> <You're good. laughs> yeah, I never died, dude. It was bad. Like, I'd fall asleep sitting at a stoplight or I'd just rear in somebody or I'd turn to, sh- I'd be asleep and I'd try turning and I'd turn into a pole. So I lost a couple of jobs from that. They're like, oh, we, you know, you can fix anything, but we just can't insure you anymore. <laughs> so, luckily, I got that I got that issue taken care of and ended up where I'm at now. And I've been here for 11 and a half years. And it's just, it's been a really good fit for me. I, um, like I said, I do refrigeration. I do cooking. I train on several product lines. Um, I train for Frymaster Fryers, which is a big, like one of the top fryer companies in the world. Um, Garland Clam Grills, which is like your McDonald's grills. Um, they're also in Wendy's and there's some other places too. And then I also train for um, an organization called Cefesa, which is in your guys' neck of the woods. Actually, it's in Fort Mill. <laughs> oh, so, that's yeah. where yeah, I'm at. I'm at that day. Anyway. Yep, I'll be out there in November and I expect to meet you guys. So, <laughs> Oh, dude, we got to hook up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll give you the dates when I come in. I'll be in from like a Friday through the whole following week and probably leave Saturday the next Saturday. So we can set some up them out there, but no, my days consist of like today I started off. Um, I mean, you know, do you know your calls for the day? I know Somewhat. my calls the day generally. I mean, sometimes it changes, but mo- like my schedule, I can look at my schedule for three weeks and I'm book solid just cause we're so far behind. We're so understaffed. Oh, wow. but it, it changes, but for the most part, it, like your first names are set just because we could actually charge a premium for a first hand call because there's less employees they're not open in a lot of places. So it's just, it's kind of crazy, but we could actually charge that premium, but I'm surprised I haven't done it yet. But today we started off on, um, I've got a trainee with me. Um, we started off on a, a fryer at a Burger King had to change temperature probe. And then we had a, uh, a rotisserie oven at a target. Um, they had a bad, well, it was giving a door switch error, and the wire for the door switch has actually got to a cooling fan and just cut it, so put it back together, and then we drove down to Indy. Um, I We worked on a chippery, which is kind of a one-off thing. I posted a video of it on all my social media today. It's pretty cool, but... I watched it. I was going to say I watched it like 12 times, by the way. It's amazing. That's the best. I, <laughs> that, dude. Dang it, I haven't seen it. kind of a letdown, because I, I was like, man, is that how all my, like, house-made chips are made because i well, thought it was more human involvement <laughs> well that that really is because the guy that designed that actually worked for frito-lay in canada and like took oh, the idea wow. sized it to this and then he sells them it's like a craft thing um 
but yeah, we had to work on that. So I got, I had to order, I had to order quite a few parts for it. it. It generally runs a lot faster than it was in that video, but the temperatures, it, it slows itself down. So the temperature gets so slow, it slows itself down. Normally it, it, it's pumping them out a lot faster than that, but it was about 20 degrees too cool. So it was slowed down by like 75%. Oh, so you, I mean, you talking about the grease, like you, yep, the temperature of the grease, it, it's got to ramp bad. it up. You can spit more chips out, I guess. Yep, it's it's supposed to be running at like three forty five. It was only running at three thirty, so it slows itself down. So the product does come out. So it, like it, it it adjusts. So if it overheats, it actually goes faster than it's supposed to, and if it underheats, it actually slows down. Hmm. That thing has the biggest PLC I've ever seen in it. It's got like four speed control boards. It's oh, it looked like something I really wanted to work on bad. Like. When I go back and work on it, I'll take pictures <laughs> of the control box because the control box is insane like i i worked on it a couple months ago and i posted a video and everyone's mad like oh no chips no chips you didn't put any potatoes in there and they didn't have no potatoes and i've been waiting for it because called to come back up and i told my dispatcher i was like hey if they call that back in you are to send me and only me. <laughs> yeah yeah it's for the gram send me back over there it's right. for the gram yeah. well my trainee was with me i keep calling him my trainee because he gets mad but he's really my son he started with me like four weeks ago oh it's mad <laughs> if i if I refer to him as my son, so like if I post anything that says Corbin, it's my trainee slash my son. But he gets mad if I tell anybody he's my son. So oh, that's cool. He's getting well. He's coming in at a good time. He's yeah. skipping all the crap you talked about right when you started the show. <laughs> yeah, he's skipping right to the good stuff. Yeah. So we worked on that chippery, and uh, what else? We had to came to the shop and picked up parts and we headed over to a, a major grocery store chain in the United States. Um, they have a, uh, a, com- a combi oven they use. So a combi oven, it's a convection oven and it's a steamer or it'll do both is how it's just the combi name. So it'll actually heat and then inject steam into it, into it for cooking. So um, this oh, grocery wow. store chain uses cool. it. To, yeah, they use it to cook their chickens. Um, so it had one randomly shutting off, um, ended up being, um, uh, a software glitch. So I had to put a new SD card in there and it was pretty simple, but that was my day to day. Um, I did those what, four calls, but I drove 200 some miles. <laughs> well, calls. that was my next thing. You were like, yeah, yeah I'm kind of out in the middle of nowhere. So yeah. Where do you, I guess, you know. There's more stuff like this than there is houses, right? I mean, yeah, it's it's growing. That's the crazy thing. Um, every everywhere you go, you see a new restaurant going up, but you don't see right. more people doing what I'm doing. So we're just in such high demand that it's. I mean, I can work seven days a week, 12, 16 hour days if they let me. I mean, I'd do it, but they won't let me do it. But <laughs> the work's there. It's just yeah. Um, it's just like all the other trades. I mean, everyone's aging out. The younger guys are starting to catch on now, but they they don't have the work sixty plus hour mentality like the older guys have. So no, they're, you're not, they're 40. not no, they get out of school and then they're you know riding with you, learning, mm-hmm. and they don't have like that huge background of you know framing houses or hanging sheetrock or this or that. And they got into this trade because the other trade sucked. They just like come out of school and they're like, here I am, you know? <laughs> yeah. And- we had, uh, Another guy, he, uh, he went to uh, like a Ivy techs, a community college where they have a HVAC program and he worked at a hospital as general maintenance. And he went there and he worked with us for, well, he didn't have any experience. So we gave him like six months riding with guys, you know, and trained him. 
And then right out of year, he finally did his first week on call and he worked like 60 some hours. And then his second week on call, he worked like 60 some hours again. He came in that Monday and turned in his two weeks notice. So he's not going to work those hours. <laughs> I was like, it's only when you're on call, dude. And our dispatchers, God love her, but she's. <laughs> oh, like, the dispatcher. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, she's got a job to do. She's trying to clear her section of the board. So she throws it on right. our section of the board. And some of these guys, they see me working. I'll come in early. I mean, I'll leave the house at five in the morning. If I can get a job at six, I'll be there at six. And I'll work till seven, eight at night just because I'm greedy. I love money. I love doing dumb stuff. I mean, I need the money to fund my dumb hobbies. But <laughs> Right. <laughs> Don't we all? And they, think it, they think it's a mandatory thing. I'm like, it's not a mandatory thing. I'm like, he's like, well, I'll be four o'clock. I also have two calls on my board. I'm like, no one asked you to start a call after four o'clock, especially if you had to drive 30, 45 minutes to get there. I said, and you don't have to start a call after five o'clock if you're on call. He's like, well, no one told me that. I'm like, did you ask? Well, no. I'm like, so you're quitting because you didn't ask a question? And then I'm the bad guy for saying that. <laughs> well, I've noticed, and it, and it may be, I don't know. I feel like it is this generation, but I noticed But before I had kids, you know, it was wide open, man. I was just like wanting to get it, get it, get it. You know, then you have one kid, and then you start to, you know, okay, I don't want to work like around the clock. So you slow down just a little bit. Then you have two kids or whatever. But when you don't have any kids and you're just trying to get some experience, what else do you got to do? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's my, I mean, I don't get it. Like, what else, do, what else do you got to do? Are you going to go home and do what? Um, video games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, I can't really think, you know. Yeah. I like um, it. Go ahead and build that build that base, you know, work double everybody else. Yeah. And you'll turn around, you'll be, you know, 28, 30, and you'll be kind of Cadillacing. That's why I, I mean, told my son. I mean, I was like, you're coming in at a great time. I said, oh, my son was a, he was a tremendous football player. He could end up playing somewhere, but COVID hit and he didn't get the in-person, you know, visits and it was all virtual stuff you know and over zoom meeting he wasn't a part of that he won you know he missed out on the experience of getting swooned by the colleges right and um i told him i was like man i was like you screwed around you didn't take care of your grades you're too busy being a party boy i said so you don't get to go to school on grades for free i said you're not gonna get any grants because i make too much money and right you're gonna take loans and i said i'm not signing i'm not backing those loans i said because you're a party boy I know it's going to happen in two months. You're not going to be enrolled in school anymore, and you're going to be in on the hook for, you know, a, a semester or a full year's worth of loans on, you know, for student stuff, and you're going to be paying on forever. And I kind of feel bad because I think I scared him out of it, but I mean, I just want to be honest with him. I mean, oh, but, that's what you got to do, man. It's what yeah. it is. He realizes now the money he's making now and the money he's going to be making by the time his friends graduate college, and they're not going to be making them nowhere near what he's going to be making. Like he runs around farm boys and these kids are all going to school for dumb stuff, I think. But I was like, you can go out and buy your brand new F two fifty super duty if you want, you know, in four years. I said, and your friends are come out driving the same car they went to school with and not have any money. I said, so yeah. And still trying to look for a job. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, I always tell everybody I was born the wrong generation. I should have been born like 20 years earlier than I was just because the way I work, but that's me. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm riding. I've made this. Well, and I was born so late in my dad's life that he was raising me that way, whether I wanted it or not. Well, that's the way it was. With me, my my real dad died once a year and a half, but the guy that raised me was 
he was 20 years older than my mom. So he was like 45 years old when I was born. So he, you know, he was 45 years older than me. And it's just, I didn't know anything different. It just get up on Saturday morning, drink your coffee and go out, start bailing hay, start chasing horses, start, you know, fixing the fence, start building a barn. I mean, it's just like, it was nonstop, sun up, sun down, didn't know any better. If I wasn't working, I was playing all day. So, so does he like it? Does he start, has he got a little niche for it? Has he got a mechanical mind or? And he's never touched, uh, he's touched tools one time in his entire life before he started here because he uh, needed to do brakes on his truck. And so uh, I took him out and uh, I, I did, we just started on the front. I did one side and made him do the other side. And then we did the back. I did one side and made him do the other side. And that's the only time he ever touched tools before four weeks ago. So he's, wow. he's, he's catching on pretty fast. The hardest thing I have with him, if he's left-handed, so I couldn't even teach him to tie his shoes. <laughs> it was like, I was trying to teach him and it was just backwards and it, it was made my head hurt. So that's the hardest thing to do is to try to teach him how to use the tools properly. I bet it does look weird. Him using screwdrivers or twisting wire nuts or yeah. yeah. Right. Because yeah. he, he do all that left-handed, I guess he does everything both hands surprisingly. So, I mean, was that him tightening up that, that gas hose? Yeah. The hose on. Yeah. I was like, God, why is he using that hand? Yep. He's left handed. He's backwards. <laughs> it was driving me crazy watching that. I'm like, God, I just want to get in there and do it. <laughs> it's, been that, it's been that way his entire life though. I mean, it's like it, every time he does something, I'm like, why? Are you? Oh yeah. You're left handed. Yep. <laughs> so one of the guys I work with, uh, we, we grabbed lunch the other day. We took a contractor out and then we grabbed lunch and, uh, we sat down at the bar for lunch. Of course, we weren't drinking, but I sat down on his left side, and this dude eats left-handed. So that was the last time of that. Me and him are literally elbowing each other the whole time we're trying to eat. And I'm like, you seriously eating left-handed? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I got to get up and move. I can't sit over here. It's ridiculous. I always, I always try to sit next to him, put him on my left side so we don't have to worry about it. So we get this. <laughs> we don't have to fight over. So. Yeah, I've never sat 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 next to anybody that was that just ate left handed like that. It's interesting. Yeah, it's 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 been fun. He he was a quarterback and a running back, and he he threw left handed. But when he was younger, he played baseball, and he could bat just as well both ways. Even as a young kid, it was kind of kind of weird to watch. All right. So, yeah, sounds like I could get down on working on some some appliances, man. I've it's, always it's pretty cool. I did go back and look at it a second ago while you were discussing. Yeah, it. that potato machine. Come on, man. Well, I mean, it's not much different than uh, see. I've ne- uh, like a HVAC unit, so I never was trained on HVAC. I just just did it. I mean, I just figured right, it out. Just refrigeration. Yeah. Well, so, I I used to do more HVAC like rooftop units than I do now, and we have a couple chains we do some rooftop units for, but that's about as much as I do. But I mean, I can fumble my way through it. I know who to call it if I get stumbled stumped on something. But like, you think about these fryers I work on. They have uh, they have spark ignition, so some use a fin wall control, some use others. So some some you know you turn them on. They like to pilot pilots little all day. And it just cycles the main valve on and off for heat. Some right. uh, lights every it sparks every time, so it's a it's an intermittent ignition. I mean, but if you look at it the same way as like in a rooftop unit or a furnace, it's the same thing, same components. You got some have like these ovens have glow uh, hot surface igniters, just like a right. furnace have. I mean, it's the same thing. It's just packaged in a different piece of equipment to do a different job. Um, most of your convection ovens or gas have in shot burners. Um, 
I feel like you're dealing with a lot more gas appliance though, right? Commercial wise. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's not a lot of electric. Though. I do uh, a lot of uh, 480 volt stuff, um, and some of these okay. big, like schools and stuff. They'll have you know they'll have 480 volt ovens and stuff, and it's kind of crazy. I installed a combi oven a couple weeks ago, and it was. It, I mean, it, it's bigger than a residential range, but it's 480 volts, and it, it required a 20 amp circuit. It was the cord they sent with it was a 14 gauge cord. <laughs> Wow, I hope that doesn't up, sound right. I opened up the box of the cord for the for the the whip, and it it was uh, forty foot of fourteen gauge wire. And I was like, okay. I was like, and I looked at the the data plate, and it says it only pulls like twelve and a half amps. So I was like, all right, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> now, do you run into do you run into any five seventy five stuff at all where you no, are? No, luckily I have not ran into that, and I do a lot of like crazy old stuff and i haven't ran anything like that the most i the highest i've been to the highest i've seen is a lot of like kroger grocery stores and for some reason whatever transformers they're using when they're building these things man they're putting out like 515 volts and it's like it it, it absolutely Jeez. destroys these 480 volt elements because these 480 volt elements are actually european and they're actually rated at 440 but 480 to 500 is kind of acceptable but once you get about 500 it just it just blows them up yeah, we used to put, you would like certain Linux furnaces would be, their uh, hot surface would be, uh, or a little glow fly, they were 80 volts. Um, and we would, uh, well, no, no, that's right. You could, it would call for 110, and we would put, some of those universals are 80 volts. That's mm-hmm. what it was. You throw it on there, and you're like, man, that thing looks bright. Holy crap. Two days later, you're back over there because <laughs> it's it's roasted. Um, yeah, I guess you're dealing with a lot of temperature probes too, right? Day in, day out. Yep, um, a lot of PTC, NTC, um, and some are thermocouple based, or so. And some are resistance based, um, like the ones today uh, were resistance based. We worked on today, so um, they've had a pretty bad batch of them they're just not lasting at all so at room temperature is supposed to be like 174 k ohms and this one was reading like 746 k ohms so it's like thought it was like negative uh, i'd have to do the math but i thought it was like a negative temperature so it actually it overheat right. like 100 degrees and tripped the high limit out on the fryers but yeah um yeah a lot of temperature probes um a lot of uh smart control boards anymore um we've built on potentiometers to adjust you know to set them up and it's it's crazy there's five million million like fast food is like moving way fast you've got to see that oh yeah it 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 changes so fast like so most of the fryers and your big fast food chain accounts are all touch screens now so you touch a picture and it cooks out but yeah like (laughs) the the taco bell they have a gas fryer it's two vat it's touchscreen it has a basket hanging there you press a button that lowers the basket into the grease and it raises it up and what's done the timer goes off and then when you want to filter you just press a button tell you want to filter and their button pops, pops up and says are you sure you push the blue button and it drains itself filters itself fills it back up and turns <laughs> it back on when it gets to a certain height of oil and by the time it's done filtering it's ready to cook again in two minutes that's nuts yeah, holy it, cow 
It's taking, well, it, it does two things. It, it increases the life expectancy, the lifespan of the oil, um, improves product quality because they're filtering more. But it also it takes the human element out of it. So someone's not handling hot grease trying to filter these things. So it saves on the, you know, workers' comp claims and the injuries and people getting severely burned. So yeah, it, we still can't get people to work in there, though. Oh, no, you can't. They're, every time I try well, to go. Where did everybody go? Building the roads, apparently, because every single road in Indiana is under construction right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I go to a restaurant and you can't walk in the dining room. I go up and pull the dining room doors and it's closed because they don't have enough staff to run the dining room. So I'm going around back and banging on the door and no one opens the door because the music's blaring or, you know, they're too busy. <laughs> Drive through only. Yeah. I just, this past weekend, I was craving some Taco Bell. Pulled in there, lines all the way around. I'm like, all right, well, I'll just go in. Nope, door's locked. Yep. It's like middle of the afternoon. Yeah, no joke. That happened at a Wendy's the other day. I hate when you're... I mean, I don't eat fast food a whole lot, but man, when I'm craving it like that, it's just like, I gotta have it. <laughs> yeah, you know? Taco Bell hits the spot, man. They get a bad rep, but people think they know how the food's made there, and they really don't. That's that's That was... The biggest that thing- was my next question for you is like all these places you go to, you're like, oh, no, not coming back in here. Well, I'll tell you what, just because you pay more money doesn't mean it's any cleaner than anywhere else. I'll, I will say that I've been in some of the places that are like major chain, high end state places. One and uh, one was moving in Indianapolis. They built a new location and they're like, hey, can you come in and, you know, look at our equipment and see what to take over to the new store. I was like, all right. So I get there. I walk in the back door and I look around. I was like, who's the manager? And this guy's like, I am. I was like, I'm here to look at your equipment. I said, but I'm going to tell you right now, throw all this shit away and buy new. Don't take this over. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you can see the kitchen, you're good. People are like, oh, McDonald's is disgusting. I'm like, no, McDonald's is probably like one of the cleanest restaurants you'll ever see just because you can see back there. Right. Like, they know you can see it. Yeah. I so guess that, that's what you're saying. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's, I think that's part of the reason why McDonald's does it. So you can see back there. So you know that, Hey, you know, you can see it's fairly clean. I mean, not any restaurant during lunchtime, they're going to have, you know, they're going to drop lettuce on the floor, cheese on the floor, bread on the floor. They're going to have a mess during lunchtime. Just because it's so busy and they're just trying to get the food out. But generally, as long as it stays down there. Right? Yeah. As long as it doesn't get back on the table, it's all right. <laughs> but I've seen some stuff. I'm like, this just make your stomach turn. And there's places I'll never eat at again. There's places I'll tell people don't go there. I mean, I hate being that person, but I'm just like, when you see people that have a bag of cabbage and they're driving over in their car for their freaking egg rolls, it's like, this is ridiculous. Speaking of that, hopefully you can answer this question. Why do Chinese restaurants always have a screen door back there? Because the AC don't work and they're trying to what look. What is up with that? <laughs> yeah. They're trying to create a draft. The kitchen hood. They are cooking with a ton of heat, though. I guess. Oh, oh, dude, they have so so many BTUs. Um, I was gonna say it's massive burners. Well, there's a brand new Chinese restaurant, and um, it used to be uh, all different kinds of places, but they the way they piped in their gas is it came in at the left end and it went through like three big walks, and then it had this big like six foot steam table they're cooking crab and stuff in. And then it came over and went to two fryers and they kept calling in and like, oh, our last fryer keeps shutting off. Our last fryer keeps shutting off. And I told the guy going out there, I'm like, check gas pressure. He's like, oh, gas pressure is fine. I'm like, what is it? 
oh, it's fine. I'm like, no, fine is not the answer, dude. I was like, I need a not standing gas pressure, like when it's running. Yeah, he he could never give me a number. So eventually, I got sick of him going out there. So I got sent out there on overtime. I watched it. It started off like 16 inches of gas, 16 inches of water column. I was like, geez, okay. (laughs) Up this walk, dude. You can just watch it drop, drop, drop. So I went over there and. I fired up all the walks on Max. I fired up the steam table on Max. And by the time I got back to that fryer, the pilot was out and I literally had like 0.3 inches of water column. I was like, what? Why do you guys do this? I'm like, you're doing it to yourself. Oh, it's never been a problem before. I'm like, you guys have been open for two weeks and you've had four service calls. It's a problem. Right. I'm like, oh, you 16 need a inches a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, man, <laughs> any more around here. And for the. Well, they're, the valves can handle a half pound. So 14 is right. about as much as you want to feed them. And they have a building regulator right. down to like four inches for the manifold. But around here anymore, if it's new construction, it's getting a two pound system. And no one thinks about that in the kitchen. And you hook these half pound valves up to two pounds. If you catch it soon enough, you don't do any damage. But most of the time you don't catch it until it becomes a problem. You know, and these people aren't paying for startups or, you know, evaluations of their new equipment. So you get the call. Hey, this won't light. Or, hey, you know, I burn out my my thermocouples burn out on my fryer. Well, you get there and you're like, well, yeah, you got two pounds of gas going to it. You like the pilot. And it sounds like a freaking turbo torch. You can braze with it. Right. That's so, <laughs> so that's everything here. Like when I move, when I, I did service in Georgia, everything was half pound. Come here. Everything's two pound. And everything's got a regulator on it. You yeah. know, only time I seen two pound meters in Georgia was like Steve Harvey's house, right? Like shitloads of gas appliances everywhere. But um, I got store here. It's just on everything. A 10 pound system. Cause they couldn't get, they have so much stuff in there that they, I don't know. They, they pay for a 10 pound system. And, um, Ooh. I was going to do a site survey for a new tilt skillet, and I happened to be there when the HVAC guy was there. He was like, hey, are you here for that tilt skillet? I was like, yeah. He's like, I'm going to warn you. They got a 10-pound system. I was like, what? I was like, no way. <coughs> Sorry. And um, he's like, yeah. He's like, that's why, that, that's why you're replacing that tilt skillet. So I get there, and I check gas pressure, and sure enough, it was a 10-pound system, and no one put a regulator in that thing. Somehow the valve held together, but it, it warped the back of it. It burned it up. It was it was just a mangled mess. I was like, holy Man, what's the geez. What's the water column on that? I don't know. I, I got digital. <laughs> I learned to say it probably said O L on your meter. <laughs> I, I learned just really fast that whatever it says when it pegs out. I started running into the city, you know, I started getting down to Indy more. I learned real fast. I used to use the YouTube manometer. So yep. it goes in one side, you know, and the other side's open. And then you, you measure the difference between the two water lines. And uh, I, I took enough bass. I was like, nope, no more. I went and bought a no. <laughs> dual port. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. The Philippines dual port, I'm trying to think of how high. Because I used to kind of, when I did a class talking about, you know, um, pressure switches, right? Like when guys would suck on the, to- the hose to see if it would light. See if the furnace would light. I'm like, when you're sucking on that, you're literally breaking it. Oh yeah. I mean, you don't realize what you're pulling water column wise. And I would use my meter to to show that, and it would be like, you know, I don't know, four or five, or actually it'd be in the twenties. You just, you know, sucking on it, trying to close the close the valve. But 
Um, yeah, I don't know what it pegs out at. I don't know what the max is. Ten pound system would probably. Jeez. Yeah, you could yeah, weld with that for sure. Oh yeah, I've had fryers, and this is a two pound system. They didn't have a regulator, and it was a standing pilot, so it just had a, a thermocouple, or yeah, thermocouple, and uh, it literally. The guy was all proud of himself. He's like, yeah, he's like, you know, I hooked this fryer up myself. And I was like, oh, you did a good job, you know. And uh, I got to looking, and I lit it up. I was like, holy cow. And he's like, yeah, it's leaking oil right there at the pilot. And the pilot was so strong that it actually ended up melting a hole in the fry pot and was leaking water out. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> leaking the oil out. So I was like, yeah. I was like, this thing's throw it away. He was mad. He's like, well, I just paid, you know, $1,000. I'm like, well, you need a regulator, bud. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so you'll so you'll actually work all the way down to just like a microwave, then. Yeah, I, don't, I try to steer clear of microwaves as much as I can. Um, I've learned the hard <laughs> I've way. Never torn up, <laughs> torn into a microwave before. Man, so we do a lot of like they call them speedy ovens. So you go to like that sub shop, you know, the yellow and green sign. I don't. I should not be throwing out names. So yeah, I'll throw that out. But you know, you get your oven you get your sandwich toasted well that's an oven and a microwave in one so it's continuously heating to a certain degrees but then the microwave is what heats the food up so the oh, i didn't know that yeah that's the air temperature is what gives it the crisp but, but the microwave is what actually heats the food up so we do a lot of those a lot of those and um i used to wear a wedding ring and i was always pretty <laughs> careless I, I mean don't do as i do do as i say type of deal <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. My finger, luckily, it, my wedding ring was grounded, and it and it got into the capacitor. So my wedding ring actually has an arc mark on it from being grounded Ooh. out faster to the frame. It was like ten thousand volts. <laughs> like that, it should have killed me. If it, if I didn't have that ring on and it wasn't grounded that way, it probably would have killed me. But now my wedding ring is locked in the safe, and I haven't worn it in probably fourteen years. <laughs> yeah, I got the old. I got the rubber. The rubber ring. I've done been bit too many times with my ring. Yeah, I I've thought about that, but I just I guess I used to not wearing it by now, and um, I don't know. Actually, working out, working out, I had the worst callus right there. It was massive. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the one reason I went to the rubber. rubber I thought ring, about just getting a tattoo. Working right there. on a car, man. Trying to work on something. I watched a guy. Uh, he was brazen in line sets, and he uh, he. Uh, Put too much rod on there and it dripped down and hit that wedding ring and like superheated the whole ring all the way around his finger one day doing apartments and he ended up i thought they were gonna peel his finger off like like a sock God, <laughs> <It was nasty. laughs> so i'm a if you want to wear your wedding ring i mean go go the rubber or whatever you know uh, i think hvac tactical has one i think um yep so i see some guys have you know wear those but i thought about just getting a tattoo but my wife don't care I was like, no one wants this bald fat guy anyways. So <laughs> so my wife does, uh, she does echo of the heart. So she has to scan. I don't know if you've ever had an echo done. Um, but it's, it's the same machine like when, uh, you know, when they scan to, to see the baby and stuff. Same mm-hmm. same type of machine, a different head. But she's like, she has to, uh, I don't know, I guess wearing a ring she actually she can't do the diamond right because she's all up in you trying to scan that um 
well, not guys, right? But but ladies come in there and she's all up in their junk trying to scan, and the the diamond will just it kept cutting people. So she wears just this little tiny gold band. Everybody's like, "Where's your Where's your big diamond at?" She's like, "Yeah, I can't wear it every day, so I just wear this little gold band." My wife's there too, and she washed her hands so many times that like the hand sanitizer like ate one of the problems off her. To hold a diamond in their diamond out, so she won't wear one either anymore. <laughs> like, hey. All right, so take us through. So you got you got the podcast going. Take us through uh, starting that and kind of how that's going. Uh, it's going good. Um, I uh, I've got a bad habit of diving headfirst into stuff. So before I even recorded an episode, I bought the Rodecaster Pro and two mics and two headphones and editing software. And I'm a I'm bad man. It just, it's just how I roll. So I did all that and I recorded episodes and I had feedback and I had echo and I didn't know any of the settings. And luckily I talked to a few people and they worked me through fixing some stuff. So the quality's getting better. Um, I try to okay. record on video. So I have a video side of it too. Um, just because, I mean, people I talk to are like, well, do the video side and you can just put it up as a, a separate link on YouTube or whatever. It's just, you know, more content. To right. So, but it's going good. Um, I've got eight or nine episodes out. Um, I'm trying to have interviews versus just myself talking. I, I'm not a fan of talking to myself or listening to myself. So um, I'm trying to limit that. So but I've got some really cool guys. I've, I've interviewed... Um, Gil KV from HVAC Uncensored Podcast. He's a he's helped me out a bunch. Um, he always answers. Oh like, yeah, he's good. Yeah, Gil's a good dude. Gives me tips, yeah, and tricks. And then um, uh, I've interviewed a couple other guys I've met. There's a guy. He's local from Indiana. He's not local to me, but he's in Indiana, about two and a half hours away. And uh, I've been, I went down to his house and we just did a live session on um, YouTube and just talked. And I turned it into a podcast. And I had a guy on a couple weeks ago, a younger guy. He's only been doing this about a year. Um, so I. My main goal is though just to try to shine light on like my side of it, you know, the kitchen side of it, the kitchen refrigeration. Right. I mean, I do dish machines, garbage disposals, ice machines. I do it all. So I'm trying to bring, yeah, yeah. It, it's never a shortage of things to do in my world. Well, that's what I think is cool, man. Because you're, we we haven't had anybody like you on the show that's in that no. side. We've had some giant, you know, giant commercial guys, rooftop guys. We've had residential guys. Um, but man, there's a whole other side of this commercial appliance. Yep, and I'm just trying to spread the word on it. So, I mean, there's a lot of money being made in this. It it can be rewarding. Um, it's fun. I'm always traveling. I always get to see different things. But I mean, it, it can be greasy and dirty and nasty. I mean, I've come home. Like I said, I'm bald, so I've came home with my entire top of my head covered in blisters. Where someone carried a basket of fries right out of the fryer across the top of my head, didn't oh, check it. So yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of hazards, but, um, so I'm just trying to spread the word on that and trying to bring awareness to it. I mean, you see all these guys out there, with these huge followings, you know, like Flynn and Jeff Jadim and all those guys doing, you know, the HVAC and the boilers and stuff and the plumbers with all these huge accounts. I'm like, man, I was like, there's nobody like me that has these huge accounts. So I'm just trying to spread the word. Oh, you're right. And hopefully one day I'll get there. Um, well, and I, like I remember, I know it was several weeks ago when you were live in that one kitchen restaurant. I love just you walking around saying, "This is what this does, and this is what this does." Because 
I was always interested in all that stuff. Like I, I worked in a McDonald's, but I never really paid that crazy attention to how advanced the stuff even was when I was 16, let alone what it is now. Yep. I was actually back there last week. We got another one going down. (laughs) I was uh, back last week and uh, they wanted me to do a startup again on all that equipment. So I went back and just made everything, made sure everything was running right. And I think they opened up today. So I get down there and get some chicken strips, I guess one day I'm in Bloomington. (laughs) So after listening to you, talk for a little bit i know who your podcast host has got to be who's that it's got to be your son yeah i i thought about it um he's kind of nervous about that kind of stuff i don't know why he's the same kid that has like videos on tiktoks with like millions of views and stuff i'm like dude right that's what i'm saying you he needs to just bring the the whole nother you don't want two of the same me and ryan are completely opposite but we're in the same field right like Mm -hmm. that's um he came up. He's a he's the pin pusher. I'm the tech guy. I mean, Ryan can get technical with you, but um, yeah, I but think I that would be cool, not man. The level that, that Dennis can. <laughs> I mean, a commercial kitchen guy and him and his son on there, dude, yeah. that would be sweet. Yeah, I want to interview him. Come on, I want to give him a couple months and see what he liked about it first before I got him on here and got him too scared. Um, I mean, like- have you pitched it to him at all? I've kind of hinted around. I haven't said it out right. I'll make him listen to this episode and see what he says. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, like, there's a lot of guys I listen to that talk to themselves, and some guys can just crush it. But, man, I just – it's tough. Like you said, you you say something funny or you screw up, and it, it should be funny, but nobody else is laughing. And you're like, you know – if I said something stupid, Ryan would be laughing at me or he'd make a comment. So it helps. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think I, it'd be cool. I may have to give it a shot. Like I said, I'll stream this podcast when it comes out and I'll have him listen to it and see what he says. <laughs> oh, I think he should do it. It's uh, it is different when you hit record though. I still yeah. haven't went back and listened to our first episode. Man, yeah. I, you hit record. You're like, Oh shit! It's oh we got to talk now. Okay. Yeah, I have a hard time. Oh, man, I know everybody does, but it just it's so weird. I'll listen to bits and pieces right. and see how it goes, and then okay, I need to change this or I need to change that, and that's about as far as I listen to myself. <laughs> well, and I listen to, I, I try to gauge. I catch myself listening to the golf podcast, my golf podcast more. Um, and my own podcast, which is strange, but it is what it is. But the it's just getting on there and being yourself, right? I mean, that's what we're doing. Yeah, like you know, we're trying to spread the word, get the trades out there, as is everybody, you know, that we follow on Instagram and all that. We're just trying to. Um, I was just tonight. We were going through college stuff with my son. He's seventeen, and um. I took him through, you know, what I did because I'm not paying for his college. Like, like you said earlier, I'm not, I'm not doing it. He's, I'm going to pay for enough shit to get him through college, but I'm not paying for his college. Right. Like I'm going to be spending money on stuff. Um, but his, uh, you know, so I told him, I said, look, you need to research what you want to do when you get out. You need to make sure that's what you want to do. Maybe, 
you know, here's an idea, research what it's going to pay. I mean, what a concept. Like, what is that job going to pay? Um, can you pay that loan back with that pay? Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I, I love this job. This is fantastic. I love making forty grand a year. It's like, well, you got an $80,000 loan to pay back. You know? Yeah. How, was- how cool is that job now? Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> He was like, I'm going to go to school for business. I'm like, what kind of business are you going to get into? Well, I don't know. I'm like, so you're going to go to school for business, but you don't know what kind of business you're going to get into? I was like, that makes a lot of sense, don't it? And he just looked at me like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some kids will say, right, you ask that question. They're like, I'm going to go go to school for business. And you're like, what kind of business? And they're like, this, this, and this, because the, the world needs this, and this is popular. You know, some kids are like, yeah, some they, people they got, got it figured out. Yeah, if you got to figure yeah. it out, more power to you, man. I didn't have but, it figured out. That's why I did entrepreneurship instead of business. Because <laughs> there, I feel I like just, entrepreneurship is a little bit better. Like you just kind of. Well, I just you know I I grew up in the family business, so my my dad started a heating and air business as a second career in seventy seven. So I grew up in it, tried to get away, and it always pulls you back. <laughs> um. Well, a trade, that's why, because it uh, never well, goes yeah, away. Well, yeah, a trade always pulls you back. But, you know, when I looked at curriculum for the business school, it was just like, you learn to manage this and manage this and manage this. I'm like, well, that's great. How did I get to the point that I needed to actually manage it? Yep. Because that's right. where everybody struggles. You can't figure out how to get from point A to point B. And you're like, oh, shit, now I got 12 employees. What do I do? How did I get here? Because a lot of times, sometimes it just happens and there was no plan or any kind of roadmap to get you where you were going. So then you start struggling because you can't figure out how you got to where you are because you don't know this, you know, the structure that got you there. And and that's where I saw so many businesses, including my own father's, was just struggling at different times. So I was trying to think of, you know, what's a different way I can have perspective on this and just on business in general. So rather than manage what someone else has put together, how do I build it from the beginning and go from there the headache was i just i never necessarily knew which one it was but you know you get into a group of people and you start just figuring out ideas and you come up with some creative business and then you got to build a business plan to get through class and go from there well you so gotta this is different yeah you gotta you gotta pick something you're gonna enjoy doing i mean you can get a business degree and be stuck in a field you absolutely hate and you're never gonna of like course. it you grow and develop i mean you know, I enjoy what I do. So, you know, it fits me well. And my son, he, you know, he's been working with me. He's like, well, you ever thought about going to work for yourself? I'm like, I've thought about it in the past. I said, it's not really something I care to do right now. I said, I've got it pretty well doing what I'm doing now. Um, right. A lot of opportunities doing what I do now. But, you know, he's he's thinking, well, maybe in, you know, five, ten years, he wants to start his own business. He doesn't know yet. I mean, he's a kid and he's young and he's full of dreams and aspirations. So I'm, I'm glad that he's thinking ahead. But I'm just, you know, it, you know, to each his own. I mean, yeah, you got to lay down a that. You got to get some. Well, you got to get some. Um, you got to get a little history behind you first. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, everybody wants to jump in to go to college and come out. And I, I, I think nowadays, and I don't know if it's always been like this, but it's like, um, okay, so you go to college and you tell the kids, okay, I'm going to go to college, and then. They're like, yeah, but if I don't want to do that, I still got that paper, right? I still have that degree to fall back on. What does that even mean? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. What does fall back on that mean, right? A trade job is literally something you fall back on. Yep, and that's how it just I was doesn't raised. go away. Even, it just doesn't go away even with it. But the problem is having the fallback. So many people looked at the fallback as being a bad thing. Yep, that's that's the problem. Like so much of our tra- of trades got turned into a negative connotation. Is oh well, if you can't get through school, then do this. Yeah. When. when Eighty percent of the kids. Yeah, that, if you can't get through school, school, then do this trade and make one hundred fifty yeah. grand a year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but the problem is they don't ever. They leave out the make one hundred fifty grand a year part, and they leave out understanding how you actually can do that. They just. Go, I'll be honest. Oh, I don't get it. I've met people that are college grads, got pretty good jobs, went to college. Uh, my brother-in-law. Thank God he doesn't listen to this show. I, I get on him a lot on here. Um, he has no idea this side of the world even exists. You know, he got a football scholarship. He got out. He went to work for the vice president of the United States. Traveled the country. Got done with that. Of course, that makes a good resume. Got a job making, you know, who knows what kind of money. Mm-hmm has no clue that the guy that comes and works on his HVAC unit is making six figures, like has no clue. Yeah. Um, and he's like, he's probably thinking the guy's making 40 grand a year. Like there's people out there that have no idea the other side of the world, right. Or hell commercial kitchen. Exactly. It's just been looked down upon. I mean, it's the, the school system has, pushed everybody and you have to go to college to be something and i think it's kind of a disservice to really everybody i mean i barely made it out of high school i couldn't do it i mean i didn't want to be there i couldn't focus um right i barely made it out and to be honest i'm probably i probably make more money than 98 percent of the people i went to school with there's probably a doctor or some high-end lawyers that make more money than me but i make more money than your average lawyer probably does in my area so i mean it's just right it's how hard you want to work. I mean, I work a lot of hours, but I don't have to work the hours I do to make the money I make. I mean, I make good money without working myself to death, but I enjoy the extras. But I do more because I like to do it. It's rewarding. Um, and I get a lot of opportunities from being the person that steps up and does things. So, I mean, it's everything's how hard you want to work or what you want to do. But, I mean, this... Yeah, that's with anything, right? I guess. Yeah, high schools just push everyone to college, college, college. And I think it's just... I mean, I don't want to be political here, but I think you just, think they have to. I mean, if they said, you know what, you don't need to, I mean, you don't need to, hell, you don't even need high school. Yeah. Everybody just, everyone's like, no, I'm out. <laughs> I think it's just a money scheme, really, because, I mean, do you think about it, the universities are backed by government loans? I mean, and they're ran by the government. I mean, that's just my right. thought. I mean, I don't want to get too political here, guys, but <laughs> that's just, I feel, that's, I, I just feel it's like a, a shell game. I mean, I, and no, I was, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're not going to tell. I asked my son, I was like, do they talk about trades at your school? He's like, what is that word? Yep. Yeah. Like where I'm at, it just, the word doesn't even come up. Yep. That's I mean, what do you do with that? I mean, I'm in a rural community and it's, it's, they have a, a vocational program kids can go to, but they don't really push anybody towards it. And it's all, oh, you need to go to school for this. You need to go to school for that. I'm like, yeah, if you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, yeah, go to school. But if you don't know what you want to be, Go get a job in a trade. I mean, yep. Go try to live a little bit before you figure it out. See if there's something you like doing that doesn't require right four years and a hundred thousand dollars to do. And oh, yeah, no joke. <laughs> See, I was like you. I was kind of burnt out on school. 
And I just wanted to literally move out on good terms. I didn't, I wasn't kicked out. I moved out at 19. It was just like, I just want to go into the world and work. Like Mm -hmm. I'm ready to just go do my thing. You know, if I follow my face, I follow my face. And, um, I've been in every trade. (laughs) Like, uh, and you know what? I've never been without a job ever. Yeah, that's a good thing about what I do is I do plumbing, I do refrigeration, I do the electrical, I do, I mean, everything right. in that kitchen. I mean, I can, I install garbage disposals, I fix garbage disposals. I mean, I'm talking like five horsepower disposals, 10 horsepower disposals, bolted to the that's ground. I've not seen a disposal that big now. Is that a Briggs and Stratton? <laughs> yeah, I mean, in these big giant dish machines, I've got some videos of that are like, 40 feet long and you know steam fed and they've got steam heat exchangers for you know heating the water and stuff and it's it's, it's i never know what i'm gonna get into and it's cool it's and i always want to learn and i tell people I'm like i learn something new every day i said if i walk in to a restaurant and i've never worked on something and i don't know how to turn it on i said don't tell a customer you don't know how to turn it on because i find someone that works <laughs> no. on the equipment and be like hey how do you start this up i need to see if you're doing the procedures right you know and let them <laughs> turn it on or start it up so it, it's all on how you approach it, but it, it's always something new and it's cool. I mean, I'm always learning, so it, it fits me well. I should have did that to the homeowners. Here, <laughs> come, come over to the stat. I want to see if you're doing this right. <laughs> I don't have a fancy thermostat. I want one. Well, I don't want one. My wife wants one. I just want to be able to, if I'm coming home from work, turn my AC to 75 to 68. But she, uh, <laughs> she wouldn't so like. So, what it. are you putting in that shop out there? Um, uh, I'm up in the air. I'm gonna do a wood burner for this winter. I've got one coming. Um, a friend of mine actually had one; it's given it to me. So I'm gonna do wood burner for this year to get me by. But my goal is to do the loft, and I'm gonna spray foam it. There you go. A metal ceiling, and I'm gonna do blown in on top of it because I don't want to spray foam the uh, the roof. So I'm gonna do that, and then I think if I have six inches of four to six inches of spray foam on the walls. And then I get 12 inches blown in. I can get away with probably a pretty good size you, mini split. What did you say? It was 30 by 40, 30 by 40 by 18 is a problem. <laughs> God, it looks so much bigger in that picture. Like oh, that it, does. it does. It look looked huge. like it was like a football field long or something. No, it's big. I would have went bigger, but where I had to put it at, that's about as big as I could go. I could have went like another, I could have went 36 by 48, but 30 by yeah, 40. Yeah, if you do all that foam, you might get, you could get away with a freaking one ton. Well, I was going to do um, mini splits. What I wanted to do, a heat pump. Yeah, 12,000. Just buy a Maybe. decent one. Hand. Well, the problem is, is Indiana, we get, I mean, there's days it's negative 10 degrees at night. Okay, maybe a two ton. Yeah, so I mean, I'm going to have to have some inverter sort of, driven, some, <laughs> some sort of backup heat for just emergencies. But most of the time, the mini splits do all right here. But if you got a good heat pump, you know, a good, a decent one, I don't know what to get. I mean, I don't work on that kind of stuff. I see guys work on it all the time, and I always read about it, but I've never right. done. But when it comes time, I'll, I'm sure I'll ask around to some of the, the guys that work on them all the time too. Their, their input is. I know I won't be doing a Mister Cool. That's for sure. No. Oh, Mr. Cool. I see that on Instagram a lot. Dude, that page. Oh, it's everywhere now. 
group. There's a Mr. <laughs> this is Mr. Cool DIY page, and it's like all these homeowners trying to ask for help. It's like, why won't people come out and work on these? And they're like, and everyone's like, because you're an idiot and you installed it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm not touching that. <laughs> and the guy who touches that, you really should. You really don't want him having back out there. Nope. No. <laughs> All right, so what do you think about is there any changes coming like what's the future of commercial kitchen stuff? Is it just constantly coming out anyway? Oh, it's it's is the is the yeah. new Department of Energy. I did see a thing pop up today on H or AHR News where California I guess one of the one of the big towns there dropped they no more uh, any new construction. No more gas, like zero. It's yeah. all got to be electric. Yeah, that's that's absolutely crazy. I mean, you see, they're saying that, but then California's also telling people, "Hey, you can't charge your car during peak hours and turn your thermostat to seventy-eight degrees." I'm like, you guys are putting the cart before the horse. I mean, I get the green stuff, but I'm like, you don't have the infrastructure to back it up. So you're going to make don't. Right. No, we don't. What's that guy gonna? How's he gonna fire that walk up? <laughs> What's like? Them, them dudes have like a shit ton of BTUs in there. Uh, Actually, that's why the AC is not running. It's not broke. They just had to turn it turn it off so they it's avoid a brownout. Yeah, it's a brownout. Going to use an induction walks. I don't know. Um, a du- I, yeah, I didn't think about that induction. Induction cooking's come on come a long ways last few years. When I first started doing this, it was like they had the standalone induction heaters, and like when they go bad, or you just send them to the factory and they send them a new one and they'd repair it and then swap it back out later. But I mean, hmm. they're starting to become more field serviceable. It's kind of crazy. Like I do, I there was IKEA that was built here about four years ago, and uh, they didn't want to use induction pans. They just grabbed their pans off the shelf. You know, it's free. So right. they weren't getting the induction rated pans. The induction rated pan has like a half inch plate on the bottom that's really thick and keeps it from warping. So they'd use a standard pan and that pan would get so hot so fast that it dome up in the middle and it creates a hot spot and that heat can't go to that pan so it kind of bounces back into itself and it just burns itself out. Hmm. hmm. So a- I was looking at a countertop for my new house I'm, I'm building next year. Like, you know, your island little island section there mm-hmm. you can get that it's under the granite somewhere so you can't see anything on you just kind of know where it's at right and you just yep. set the pan on there and it just it's induction it just starts cooking just induction sweet man it's fast it's it's instant heat and you pull it off there and right. you can touch the surface it's, it's it's weird how it works magnet man but their uh, induction's come along pretty well um i do a lot of the the combi ovens have a, a pre-mixed burner system, so they're when you set them up, you have to go in and actually check your flue gas analyze. You use your flue, check your flue gas, so you're measuring CO2 and uh, parts per millions and your percentage. Right. That's how you dial the burner in. So it's kind of crazy. It's um, they're mas- they're mostly European based, um, German based. So um, so you set those up, you know, like you would a high end furnace i guess I'm, i've never had to set up a high-end furnace i wouldn't i'm not sure how you know this guy set those up but i assume it's along the same lines but so i mean the higher end gas stuff's pretty cool um but electric it's come a long ways it's 
they have a there's a lot of systems have triacs now so instead of relays they have a triac that pulses really fast so it cuts down on supposedly energy usage i'm not sure how that works i'm not an engineer but i just know i've had to replace some triacs and when they go i haven't i haven't heard of that now you might have to get into that what is uh, 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 there's a fire company that had them. It's just a track and says it's a relay, but it pulses really fast. So it's not a on continuously. It's just a really fast pulse and it pulses okay. on, off, on, off, on, off. And that's how it heats up. And it's supposed to, I mean, it cuts down on the duties. It cuts down on the on cycle and it's right. supposed to give energy, but I've never done any studies on it. Um, I've seen, you know, where they claim that they say, you know, 30% versus a standard, relay or a standard contactor being energized the entire time um so i'm not sure yeah, but, i wonder how they hold up i guess you because you're like doubling the life of it oh well, they work really well like until they, day until they go <laughs> until they go bad and then they just right up. but most of my uh, stuff is relay driven like when it fails it fails closed and it fails horribly it, it generally runs away and if the limit doesn't catch it it's blowing something up or burning something up pretty pretty uh dramatically has your has your son been electrocuted yet? No, I was waiting today. He had the uh, we were in those combi ovens and they plug into the wall. They're four eighty volt and they plug in. I was like, it's got like a big fifty amp uh, cord on it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, don't touch the metal, please. Don't touch the metal, please. Don't touch the metal. <laughs> he seen. Yeah, me- I mean, that might be his last day. He. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I tell him, I'm like, you know, I make sure I emphasize that, hey, shut this off, shut this off, shut this off. And, you know, I I join, I know what to touch and what not to touch. But, you know, when I'm training him, I I go above and beyond 100%, you know, what I normally do. I, I go 100% by the books. <laughs> right. I don't want Oh, well, yeah, you can get hurt. I mean, <laughs> that we were talking about 277. 277 is probably the worst I've ever been shocked by. It's oh, just yeah. a crappy. I don't know why it's so bad. It's just a different no. shock. Yeah, it doesn't let go. It just it, it gets you and if you can't jerk away, you're 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 on for a ride. Yeah, you taste metal in yeah. your mouth. I got <laughs> I had a frequency terrible. Uh, um so these combi ovens have frequency drives. They have a uh, for the blowers, they change directions. And they change speeds, their variable speeds and stuff. And you can set them up however you want, you know, based on your cooking. So this had a 480 volt unit and had a frequency drive and I wasn't paying attention. And I was just checking the terminals because I was losing signal coming back from my motor for the for the uh, Hothex sensor. And I was pushing on terminals and I pushed on the wrong one and got 277 and just knocked me to the ground. I thought I was going to pee my pants and everything else. I was like, I was not expecting that. <laughs> I was like, what did I even touch? And I looked up there and I was like, oh, there's a bare terminal there not used. I was like, that's what caught me. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff stops your heart right there. You got to be careful of that. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a lot better than I used to be about turning stuff off. So I want to see. Yeah, uh, but you got to test stuff with it on. Yeah. That's the bad thing. I, uh, I told him, I was like, yeah, when you get a meter, you might want to buy a couple extra set of leads or get the ones that are replaceable tips because you're going to blow them apart. Right. I have uh, blown up meters, you know, had it on ohms and stuck it in an outlet, test a 480 or whatever, and blown it up. <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know. I guess, what's your, what's your meter of choice? What's your, uh, right now I have the 
field piece, uh, the big giant one that does everything. Does the I was going to say, you're getting into so much different stuff. Yeah, I got to have some to test uh, DC micro amps for a lot of stuff. Um, so, right. uh, the field piece, uh, what is it, the 680? I'd have to look and see. It's six something. It's the want the swivel head on it. Um, I. Uh, I love that meter. It, it's uh, it does everything. It does it does uh, the phase? You can check phase rotation, which kind of bit me in the butt last week. So I installed um, a, a big giant in uh, draft um, exhaust hood for a university, and um, I checked phase rotation on the meter. I was like, okay, it's right. I turned it on. I'm like, man, this thing ain't moving no air. And whoever wired the motor. <laughs> just wired it up however so the phase rotation was right going to it but once it came out the other side of that just that uh disconnect it wasn't right just saying so i had to reverse two leads so i had a great opportunity to explain you know how you reverse three phase motors and stuff for him and he learned i feel like yeah in our on our side you know a fan runs backwards blower or compressor runs backwards which doesn't sound great but you know it immediately right you just kind of switch two leads but i haven't ever had that like break anything no that i know of i don't know if it would do that in appliance wise but no generally element doesn't care the element doesn't care and um now someone like the convection fans um they'll run backwards but just crappy airflow and like if you look there's actually a direction indicator on the back of the motor so if I'm right. just doing a standard convection oven, it's three phase electric. It's not doesn't have a frequency drive. I just check rotation and oh, it's wrong. So I'll just pull the cover off, switch two leads, put it back together, and it takes off. Hmm. But I mean, other than that, I mean, well, I shouldn't say this. Like disposals will run backwards, but most of your garbage disposals in your restaurants they reverse direction anyway. So you turn it on one time, it runs one direction when you shut it off and then you turn it on the next time. And it actually has two different contactors and they alternate back and forth, which one runs and it'll actually run them backwards. So it doesn't oh, to clean it, I guess a little yeah, better. It keeps it from jamming up or gumming up. So, but like machine pumps, they, you'll know real fast. If you're running one of them backwards cause you will have no flow. And, um, so, I mean, you gotta check on those. Yeah. You have to check on this machine pumps. And I've seen it where, you know, they'll have two or three pumps and one will be wired differently than the other two. So two will be running great and you'll have a third one not running. So you have to actually check each individual pump. Now I do it the lazy way. I just turn the unit on and I just open the door when it's running and see how much water is coming out. <laughs> if it's got a crappy water flow, I know it's running backwards. So do you get into any kind of plumbing as far as like tankless or no, no stuff no, like that? Don't do any water heaters. Um, so I'm doing boilers per se, as far as like building stuff. Um, now a lot of times we'll have stubs come out the wall where we have to tie into, uh, the feed water filters or feed to our equipment to an oven or right. thermalizer, something along those lines. And I'll do the exterior piping and I'm, I've been trying to change over to doing a lot more, um, ProFresh stuff just cause I, I think it looks cool and it, I think it's faster and, I don't solder enough to make it look good, so uh, I'd rather just <laughs> I'll, I'll rent a ProFest gun if I got to do a bunch and just make it look nice and be done with it. But no, I don't do any boiler work. But I mean, I do have like boiler-based steamers though, which is kind of weird. Um, it's kind of a dying thing. Uh, it was pretty popular when I first started, but they're getting fewer and far in between. But 
they're just so inefficient. Um, they just either get right. or electric hog. And most time it's just a big boiler base that sits on the ground and it's just either gas or it's electric. So it either has a ton of BTUs of gas going to it, like 140,000 BTUs of gas, or it's just uses an absurd amount of electricity. I've seen some that pull like 180 amps. So it's, yeah, I was looking at putting a, a tankless in my new house and it's all, there's no gas in the neighborhood. And I was looking into the electric and it was just like, God, I got to put in a whole nother service. Oh yeah. Just to run my tankless water heater. If, it, if it's I've got a be electric, tankless right? set up here, I have gas um, and I get crappy water. So, and of course I bought the cheapest gas one cause I didn't know what I was doing. It's, so it's just, if I, if you're tankless wise, right? Yeah. Not, not a tank water heater. Tankless. I mean, I bought the smallest one. I didn't buy. I bought the cheapest one I could find for tankless, and it's for nine. And if you have more than, if you're taking a shower and someone turns the kitchen sink on, it shuts off because it has too much water for it. It has too much water, so I think it's not running. So I'm like, uh, my buddy, he lives in town. He's got an electric one, and it, it, it pulls like 60 amps, and it, it still ain't enough. So that's what I mean. If a tankless, yeah, uh, uh, electric tankless is crazy amperage and then you gotta um, have water filtration too so you gotta have soft water and you still gotta do right. flushes like i was terrible i didn't have no, our water's pretty good here i don't know about where you're at oh it's terrible like limestone lakes limestone underground lake yeah. beds. it's 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 terrible you can see it in your eyes you can see it in everything it's just my tankless would lime scale up in like every three months Oh yeah, wow! I have to flush. Yeah, it. we don't have that issue here, really. I no, mean, I got a softener, and I go. I only. Uh, I shouldn't say this, but I haven't flushed. I haven't done a flush on mine in like nine months. So I'm probably gonna. It probably won't turn. Oh off. yeah, you just shit the bed on that. It calls <laughs> morning watch. So I've, but I put a, I put a water softener in. It does a lot better. But yeah, you got to have good water. Your next post on Instagram is like, God, why did I say that on that show? <laughs> oh, it's it just a fine time to do it or want to do it. <laughs> you got four people living in the house. And there's always someone taking a shower, doing laundry, doing dishes. It's it's always something. So are you, what, what, what's your, what's your go-to appliance in your house? Or do you even care? Like, are you, a, you I'm get a, hung up on brand doing what you do or? I don't care about household brand, um, but my go-to here is the smoker. So I've, I've either, I've got one, two, three, four different grills. <laughs> I've got a, oh, wow. you got a flat top. So I've got the Blackstone. And my wife, she always, okay. uses one. she loves that one. Cause she can just cook a bunch of food for the week, you know, and go from there. And then yep. I've got a pellet grill. I've got a go. charcoal See, foodie HVAC foodie needs to get a pellet grill. Yeah, I love foodie, man. Um, I got the pellet grill. I've got a wood burning smoker, offset smoker, and then I got a natural gas grill. So I've got four different things to use outside. And um, uh, yesterday I smoked two pork loins with two different rubs. I smoked like six chicken breasts for my food for the week. I cooked like six pounds of burgers, like 10 brats, and had a bunch of people over. And I just. (laughs) I think it was just rolling smoke from like seven in the morning all day. I love the fact that I can just throw something on there at 10 at night at yeah. like two twenty five, and the next morning, you know, like a Boston butt or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, next morning at like seven, I just wrap it. Mm-hmm. It's good to go. Like it just was out there just purring all night. 
yeah, I started off like doing it stick burning and like, and then I got lazy. My brother actually bought this and his wife didn't like to the smoke taste on the food and i bought it off him for half of what he paid for it brand new and it's made me, made me lazy for sure <coughs> but i mean i'll do what do you got ryan you got i think ryan's got a little black stone I, I do uh i think it's god what is it it's probably what it's like a little feet, tailgate or like two feet yeah it's a, it's a, it's a tailgate size ryan is the king of air frying though Oh, I am. I air fry like a champ because uh, I'm in an apartment still. I like air fried wings, though. No lie. Yeah, we uh, our air fryer. We I hate breaking out all the grease and the, you know. Our air fryer runs probably five, six times a day, man. <laughs> we got the big yeah. Foodie XL, the big giant one you can grill and do everything in. And it, it, it gets a workout, <laughs> especially with teenagers. Yeah, it does good on wings. I haven't. Riding will do damn steaks in it. Dude, I, I do never steaks, eaten. pork chops, chicken. I do it all, man. I swear some of the best steaks I've ever cooked in my life from that damn air fryer. I spent tons of money on pizza rolls and beer during the pandemic when it first started because I was just <laughs> pizza rolls in the air fryer, drinking beer and playing video games all day because they only let us work like so many hours. They were trying to spread it out. So I'd have I was going to say, y'all were probably pretty shut down for real. No, I was... Well, they let go half the staff. Like, okay, we're going to do this. But instead of doing it, you know, hey, this guy shouldn't be here. You know, this guy's been an issue or not an asset. Let them go. They just like, okay, you seniority base. And they let go guys they shouldn't have let go, in my opinion. But that wasn't my decision. But then they're like, okay, we're going to keep you guys at 40 hours. Well, we dude, I was still getting like 60 hours for like the first two months. And someone in corporate seen it, they're like, Hey, what's this guy doing? It's like, Well, it works here, we're letting him have it. The other guys were like, Oh, we're getting our 30 hours, and you know, we don't lose our benefits, we'll just go home. It's like, Not me, but they cut it back, and I got I had to chill out for a little bit. So, but oh, they were like, Okay, no more than 40 hours. I'm like, Dude, I can be into overtime Wednesday night. <laughs> I mean, right? I'm like, So I'd be like four day work weeks, three and a half day work weeks. It was just, Friday, you know, never worked a Friday. And I just eat pizza rolls and drink beer and play video games. That was beer. It was interesting. Um, I feel like it. I don't know. It feels like it was a long time ago. It does and doesn't. Yeah, it's yeah. It's I mean, weird. sometimes it feels like it was yesterday, but um, it's actually making a little comeback around my area again. Obviously, it's not as harsh, but yeah, I was they, up at the gym this morning. There was uh, quite a few masks in there floating around. <laughs> I never got oh that. Close right. the gyms down. It's a, it's a pain right. affecting people that are out of shape, and let's close the gyms down. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm a terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're not going to keep you all night. You probably got a crap load of calls tomorrow. Uh, I'm good. I took a nap, slept off that hangover. Oh, yeah, you did. T- yeah. The old, <laughs> but it was bad. Then, holiday weekend. Yeah, I was going to say that, and then I know I thought you strategically were trying to make sure the dispatcher didn't hammer you in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got a block, and my first call is like 10 minutes away from the house somehow, so I've got a block out, so I don't start till 8 o'clock, so I'm good. 
Sweet. Our hours are technically eight to five, but I always if I can get in, if I get into a restaurant at five in the morning, I'll get a restaurant at five in the morning. Now my son hates my guts for it, but <laughs> give him a little heads up on that. <laughs> he comes out. He comes out about seven o'clock. Okay, what time are we start tomorrow? Like okay, we're leaving here at five, and you see him look at the ground and walk off. <laughs> yeah, he runs back up there and goes to sleep. <laughs> No, not that age. We he still he stays up all night still. Dude, he, sure. he he said he was up till two o'clock last night, and he got into my he got into my wife's fireball, and I was like, "What the hell, dude?" Gee, <laughs> he was Jeez. like, "So by like two o'clock, he's like, yeah, I'm ready to go home too.'" I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Well, I was up till two o'clock, and I got into the fireball, and I was like, oh, way to go.'" It's always the fireball's fault. <sighs> I can't do I it. I mean, man. I'll jump up and get you. My wife been there, done that. I like it cold occasionally. I'm not gonna say I hate fireball. It's not bad. I, we found it's a kind of a, a fireball. It's, it's a liquor store, so we had to buy that. It's like a gallon and a half of fireball. Yeah, it's not something you want to do all the time. No. Now, my neighbor across the street, old Miss Vicky, she loves her some fireball and Diet Coke. I was gonna say like, fireball uh, and a little splash of vanilla Coke is pretty dang good. I know riding will dabble in some fireball. <laughs> I'll, I'll dabble in about anything. All right. Well, I do have to get up early. You and me both. And uh, I think I'm I think I'm driving back to the mountains again tomorrow. So, Yay. Well, that'll be some good Instagram stuff. Oh, man. Instagram is going to be blowing up with some, uh, some Bryson City reels here the next next couple of weeks. Nice. So, Pat, what's your plan on some? What's your next podcast? Um, I'm trying to work a guy that does what I do for an interview. If not, um, I got some stuff coming up about some Garland Grills, uh, those claim grills I talked about that are at McDonald's and Wendy's. I was going to just do one. And then I had a, a friend of mine that works for that company reach out to me and ask me to hold off. And he wanted to talk to me about some stuff first before I did it. So I'm, I'm pretty, well, I have a good relationship with them. So I try to be respectful. So if they have questions, right. concerns, I'm not trying to jeopardize contracts. We have these right. and I train for those guys. So, uh, you know, I put it out there cause I knew he'd see it and I knew he'd respond to me before I did it. So, um, I guess some garland stuff coming up. I guess some distressing stuff coming up. Um, I was hoping to go. There's a convention coming up for Zafesa, but I. Oh yeah, I was, was oh, going to yeah. bring that up. Yeah, I'm into as well. I forgot to put the notes. Dang it. I I was hoping to go to that, but we're just too understaffed, so I can't get away to go to that. But um, that was in Nashville. Yeah, it was in Nashville. Had okay. been and it, there was a uh, plenty of after parties I've been invited to, and I had to turn down, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> now, I haven't even well. Cause I hadn't paid attention, but AHR, is there a ton of stuff on your industry at AHR or no? Uh, just some of the refrigeration stuff, you know, um, we, a lot of, uh, Dan Foss and Parker Sporland stuff is in a lot of equipment I work on. So, um, okay. some of that stuff fit in pretty well. Um, like I said, I went last year, it was the first time I ever went and I was blown away. I did the HVACR tactical awards show and I went with Dave Elliott, who's your HVACR on Instagram and, he got me my tickets. You know, he's getting tickets. And he's like, hey, I got access to tickets. You want some? I was like, yeah, give me two. So me and my wife and him and his wife went. And like we sat down at our table and I looked across the way and there was name tags there and it said Mechanical Hub. I was like, holy shit. So I sat down and across the table was Andy and Eric. And I was like, 
I was like, oh my god! I was like, felt like a little schoolgirl. <laughs> <laughs> Finally met Chris Stevens there, and he came up. He actually sought me out and looked for me, and came up to talk to me. And I was like, you're you're coming and looking for me? I'm like, I'm nobody. I'm like, this is amazing. But I look forward to to going up to next year too. Um, I've already got uh, we we're booking a room. Well, she was supposed to do it tonight. I don't know if she did or not, but um, got our place. Yeah, that's coming up, man. Yeah, it's coming up. I look forward to seeing you guys there, hopefully. And yeah, you guys are making a big push to vote for your podcast. So I'm going to go out there and vote for you guys. <laughs> yeah, we got to gotta get it going. We got to try to beat HVAC jerks. <laughs> I guess. Laid down. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, you know, uh, my new boss is like, man, I, I'm gonna. I want to get in there and help you, and you, you're gonna. Y'all are gonna be number one. I was like, you know what? It actually doesn't work that way. Mm-mm. It's it's just one big community. He's like, really? I was like, yeah. I mean, nobody's yeah. really. We're just all doing it, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's, it's not really a number one. I don't think. I mean, everybody has their own even, way of yeah going at it. Quantify that. No, I listen to everybody, and I I learn from everybody. So, I mean, I'll take things away from this. Like you guys is how everything's laid out it's pretty organized now i don't think we we probably missed a few things but it's a lot better than what i do so well we just have to do that to try to keep ourselves halfway on track otherwise we're way over there and the show's not even started <laughs> yeah i can see it so. oh it's even worse i mean when you're when you're doing it by yourself you could it's not that bad but man you get two people on here you want to try to talk about you know what actually that i'll have to we'll have to circle back with this but i had a technician today send me two pictures of uh some really old stuff he found in a house and i'll have to send you some pictures <laughs> we'll, we'll chat about it on instagram it's pretty crazy i i asked him if he got in a damn time machine to go to work today um some of the stuff he sent me a picture of was insane it's like from the 40s in this house just working like a champ. Yeah, I run it in, in these rural schools, man. There's stuff from like the 50s and 60s that are still kicking. I'm like, how is this stuff still running? God, you should have <laughs> seen the stuff that we whipped back into shape when we changed all the ductwork in the middle school when I was in college. That stuff was so yeah, it's just God, the, you don't want to change it. You want it to see how long it'll go, but oh yeah, super inefficient. I mean. Is what it is, I guess. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, man. Enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm going to, we're going to push, push your show and push everything as hard as we can. I'm hopefully I put some more potato. Actually, you know what I need you to get? I need you to get me a little machine that it's got the mini donuts and it flips them. Oh yeah. I was going to say, you ever ever have to work on a Krispy Kreme machine? Uh, I haven't been in Krispy Kreme, but that's called a <laughs> something called Bellshaw, and they make a donut robot. So it's like a little funnel, and it has an actuator and a spring, and it pushes the plunger down. It dumps the dough in the donut shape, and then right. it's there, and it drags the donut across the fryer, and it gets to one spot, and it's got an arm that flips it over, so it fries the other side, and then it works its way down the conveyors, and it goes up a conveyor, and then depending on what they're yeah it's like a little tabletop it's a small unit it's got a laser curtain that the donuts go through the the curtain of glaze and it comes out (laughs) on the trays it's i don't need one of those in my house (laughs) i'll be on the lookout for one now 
if I find one, I'll make sure I tag you guys in it. <laughs> yeah, I got it because the South Carolina Fair had they had the little mini donut. You could get cinnamon and sugar, or you know, glaze or whatever. I was and they're the old school cinnamon sugar. They're like inch and a half. They're tiny, yeah. and God, I could eat like fifty of them at one time. Buy by the bag. Yeah, get three dozen and roll out. <laughs> fair food. Yep, fair food. Dude, we do. We did a bunch of work. Indiana State Fair was last month, and we have to go in there and work. And you got to be in there at a certain time and out by a certain time. And working in food trucks is not fun, dude. No, well, there's nowhere to work. There's no room, yeah, and it's all propane. And it's like your regulators. Your regulators always suck. You run them low on propane, and then all your orifices are clogged up. Everything's clogged up with carbon. You get that crap on you. It doesn't come off. Just. <laughs> Oh damn annoying. It look it's about as bad as you'd think it'd be. When oh, yeah. you see those damn trucks and all the shit in there. It is what it is. Yeah, it is as bad as what it looks like. It's I'm a waiting reg- on every time regulars. Waiting on California to enact electric only food trucks. <laughs> no, that ain't gonna happen. It'd be rough. I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, you just thought food truck was expensive before. Yeah, no joke. All right, well, appreciate it, man. And uh, we'll give it a little bit, and then we'll have you on again, see what you're getting into. Well, so, maybe uh, maybe when you come down in November, hell, we might could do a live show. Hey, yeah. There you go. I'm up for that. We could do our first live show. Yeah, I'll give you the date. R&D, uncensored. <laughs> Here's at you, Gil. Right? <laughs> yeah, shoot us some dates. We'll get together on that. Yep, I'll shoot you some dates. Um, I'll have to look at my calendar, but I'll, I'll be in town for, like I said, eight, nine days. So I'm free in the evenings. I don't do anything with the students. I try to, I stay at different hotels from them, even, so I don't have to see them. So, like, they don't want me fraternized with them, really. So, <laughs> right. Oh, we'll take care of the fraternization. No problem. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, hit us up, man, when you get in town. Sweet. All right, guys. Thanks for your time. Thank you, yep. man. You See too, you, man. See you. Bye.